Hey guys, so in this episode, I have another amazing interview for you. It's with my friend Dwayne McMurray, aka Steezes, who has made a big name for himself on TikTok. I think he's got about 300,000 followers, over 7 million likes. He has figured that platform out for sure. He also comes from the world of professional skateboarding, uh, the gaming space. Uh, it's a very multi-talented, multi-hyphenate person. So what I wanted to let you know up front is that we had such a great conversation that <laughs> it ended up being almost three hours. So I got to break this up into parts. I don't want you guys to miss any of his great little nuggets of wisdom and his cool experiences. So this is going to be part one. It'll be followed by part two next week. So for now, enjoy part one with Dwayne McMurray, aka Steezus. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a very, very special guest. We have Dwayne McMurray. And you may not know him, but if you do, you probably don't know him by that name. You probably know him by Steezus. That's what he goes by. And actually, I did see pretty recently that you changed your Instagram name a little bit. So we're going to get to that in just a second. But for now, we're going to give you a little top liner on Steezus here. So Widely known as Caesars, he has garnered a remarkable influence in the skateboarding, sneaker, and streetwear communities over the years. I'd say like the years is probably like 10, 15 plus. This is not like a small number of years, guys. Caesars has built a reputation as a trusted voice through digital content creation, utilizing his influential platforms to entertain and inspire his audience. He also advocates and raises awareness on the often taboo topic of mental health, particularly from the perspective of a black male in America. His expertise in content creation and social media strategy has made him a go-to resource for established businesses and brands and continues to extend beyond the digital realm. I'm going to go ahead and uh, plug you a little bit here because I, I noticed a lack of actual brand names and I've been seeing you in some stuff lately. So is that stuff off the table? Are we not allowed to say? I, I mean, hey, we can talk about whatever. I just I don't <laughs> like to... I, I know we don't need to throw things out there, you know. The I know is, it's it's hard. It's hard. I know it's very hard <laughs> to like, like you know, amp yourself up a little bit. So, all right, that's cool. I'll do it for you. So, let's see. Newest ghost, newest ghost affiliate sponsor. Is that right? Um, Long time regular member on the Nine podcast. Any skaters out there definitely know that. Uh, oh, I think I saw you in an NFL like official merch ad. I don't know, man. You're everywhere right now. Uh, yeah, I've I've uh, I've done a couple of things. I would say. All <laughs> right, the, all right. The... We're going with self deprecation today. Okay. No, no, no. But I I will do this since you you <laughs> did mention three things. I will go ahead and uh, Take I'll the just bait. say. Well, yeah, no. I it's not just an affiliate. I'm uh, I'm an official athlete with Amazing. Ghost Lifestyle, so I have an official Amazing. athlete contract. Wow. Um, I was a member of the Nine Club Experience podcast. Mm -hmm. I walked away from that in March of this year, so mm -hmm. that is something that I hold near and dear to my heart. But that is a part of my past, no longer my present or my future. Um, and the NFL commercial that I did was not just NFL merch. It was directly with the NFL for their biggest campaign of the 23, 24 season, uh, for NFL. Wow. Shop. 
So basically, you are getting uh, national awareness here because, I mean, that has to be running in a lot of NFL games, NFL network programming. Like, that's huge. And you've been at this uh, for a minute, friend. You've been at this for a minute. Like, you've been in L.A. for what, 11 or 12 years? It was 12 years as of October 2nd. Oh, my God. All right. All right, Kansas City kid. (laughs) All right. What brought you out here? Mm. Of course, with the ghost tumbler. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just got to take a, I got to take a quick, um, quick break to quench my thirst. You know, hold on with my official NFL hat and my ghost tumbler. Mm. Oh, this whole thing. Oh, I'm so. I didn't even. Wow, you know, I just grabbed this. So so. I just so had it, Yeah, it was just in the back of the closet. I was like, ah, you know, this would be mm, nice. Sure. Why not? Um, Okay, no, no, in all in all seriousness, what what was your and what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> How did a Kansas City kid wind up in LA? Like what initially brought you out here? I feel like you've been a multi-hyphenate, like multi-talented person, uh, before that was even like a word or a phrase. So I guess what was your catalyst for leaving Kansas City, coming to LA? Uh, and kind of starting on this like creator and influencer journey that you've now taken so far. Um, I think for me, I always knew I was going to land in LA. It was the coolest place to me in my mind as a kid growing up in Kansas City. Uh, you grow up in the Midwest, specifically in Kansas City, we're kind of middle America, literally. So everything around us it takes a long time for things to come in from the coast. So I'm always mm. looking to, I was always looking to the West Coast to see what was new and what was happening. And then also growing up uh, as a skateboarder, I found skateboarding when I was 12 years old. Mm. So for me, everything, like all signs led to Los Angeles. And mm. I just knew it was a matter of, it was just a matter of time. It was never if, it was just when. So mm. I just had to find those moments of, of opportunity and just the way I look at life is like, you're always connecting the dots. You connect them going forward, but they only really make sense when you look backwards. So I was just connecting dots to get to where I thought I needed to be to, to finally have that point of being able to jump and take the leap of faith. What Um, was that dot connection for you? Was it skateboarding? What was there? Was there a catalyst? Yeah. Skateboarding was definitely, it's all, it's always been rooted in skateboarding because that was my Mm. first love. So Mm. The way that I look at it now is a little bit different from the way I looked at it when I was in just like surrounded by the world of skateboarding. But I I see skateboarding now. It was a vehicle to get me to where I am currently. Mm. If I hadn't found skateboarding, I wouldn't I probably wouldn't be in Los Angeles. I don't know if I would have found a way knowing me. I probably still would have found a way. However, it wouldn't have been as quick. So Mm -hmm. skateboarding got me here and allowed me to develop the skills and the things that I have currently that I can now transform into so many other areas of my life. So when I look at things and I I view them from a perspective, it's typically from the perspective that I gained from skateboarding, where mm-hmm. when you're trying to learn a trick, you don't you don't know. You you you're basically taking things out of thin air and you're crafting them together to bring something to fruition underneath your feet. You can mm-hmm. look at the way other people do it. You can read trick tips and you can do all these things to formulate your own idea of how to do it. But it's not until you get on the board and you try 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 and try and try and try and try and try and try again. And it's like you don't ever look at it as failure, though. You're just like, I'm I'm learning. 
I'm figuring yeah. out how to recalibrate to figure out what I need to do correctly to get it right the next time. Is this so the Thomas me, Edison thing? The, I didn't fail. I found a thousand ways that don't work. I mean, if he said it first, then props. But uh, no, I'm kidding. I mean, I'm, I'm a 47 <laughs> but, try and try yeah. and But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but no, truly. I, 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 really, I really believe that like, it's going to sound crazy. I don't believe that there is any such thing as failure. You really have to Doesn't sound crazy. be delusional. Yeah, you almost have to be delusional in your thinking of like, okay, there is no plan B because plan A has to work. I don't have any post. other options. I don't have any other idea of what could potentially happen. I'm just going to <clears throat> exhaust every option that I have to make sure that this thing works. And it's like, if something doesn't work, it doesn't mean that I'm not right. It just means I'm not right now. Like right. eventually things are going to formulate. And sometimes what happens is thought patterns that certain people have might be a little bit too forward thinking and it takes mm -hmm. time for reality or for the collective to catch up. And I think mm -hmm. I've always sort of had that mindset. So when you said earlier, being somewhat multi-hyphenate before that was even coined the term, that was just me because that's all I knew. It, mm. it, it's just, if I'm interested in something, I'm just going to dive in head first and figure out everything that I can about it so I can have as much information as possible so that when the topic of conversation comes up once in a blue moon with a random person that I happen to meet across the world, yeah. I'll have something to connect with them about. And like, it's never that thought, but it's just like now that I'm older and I'm mature enough to travel and have these experiences and even just like connecting with friends and things and going deeper in conversations, I realize that a lot of the things that I've picked up, whether they be good, bad, or indifferent, mm -hmm. have not only just been for me, but it's so that I can connect and share with other people. So mm -hmm. in a roundabout way, moving to California was always written in the stars for me. I mm -hmm. never really, like I said, never knew how or, or when. It was just a matter of time. And that window of opportunity opened uh, summer of 2011. I was out mm. here on a skate trip. Anytime that I ever had the opportunity to come to L.A., I was always coming here just because I had friends in the skateboard industry because of the, the crew that I skated with in KC. We had somebody that ended up going pro and stayed in KC for a while. So we had a lot of people coming in and out of the city, which built mm. up our scene quite a bit. And then just being in the crew and, and just kind of being that guy. And at the time, I also was sober. So if people were going to the bars and whatnot, I'm I'm the DD, I'm driving. So then I get to connect yeah. with people on a different level. And, and people have a, a different level of trust when, you know, like you actually have their safety in your hands. So right. it literally. opens people up to have those. Literally. literally yeah. Uh -huh. So, you know, you get to you get to have these conversations with people that, you know, might be one-on-one because -on -one everybody else is in another car. Or they're going to the liquor store, whatever it is. So I always got those little moments of opportunity to just connect with people on a different level, which always tends to work in my favor. Because then when I come mm -hmm. to LA, before I even moved here, it's like, okay, well, now I know X, Y, and Z. And well, shit, I can hit them up. Like we had a good convo and then they're down to bring me and introduce me to their people. And it just, yeah. it's a chain reaction. So it's, it's never intentional on, mm -hmm. I need to exchange this energy to get something from you, but it's just like, right, I genuinely right. care and want to exchange like information. A, right. It's not like a quid pro quo where you're like, always like have that ulterior motive. Like how can I plant right. a seed and reciprocity? And then they'll give something to me if I do something for them. Like, I know right. that's never your intention. Like, but I will say you are an exceptionally good networker. 
Uh, I think that you're just an inherently good networker. Guys, I took this dude to a reformer Pilates class in West Hollywood. <laughs> and he's too big for the damn reformer. <laughs> and I'm pretty yeah. sure within like 24 hours, him and like the instructor were like following each other on Instagram. And I was just like, he's such a yeah. fucking good networker. Like, and I feel yeah. like that is a crucial skill somewhere in like LA. So like, good thing. You're already very, very good at that. But I mean, talk about this. Like, you do kind of have to be agile in that way. You do kind of at some level, like, especially when you're starting out somewhere new, small fish, big pond, when you first got to LA, you got to be looking for those opportunities and those seed plantings. And it's not like totally self-serving. It's just survival, right? Yeah. Um, I think, well, first of all, thank you for saying that about me being a, um, a networker, because that is... You are. It's it's something that I think is very natural, but it's it, it comes naturally, but it doesn't feel natural. And I say mm. that because I tend to have a little bit of social awkwardness, but it's only in settings where, hear me out, it's only in settings <laughs> where I'm not familiar with the people or the surroundings. Ah. Because <laughs> to your point, mm. I like to look, listen, and observe. I know mm. that in... A multitude of ways. I occupy a lot of space. I'm a big person. I have a big presence. I have big energy. He's six Even five, when I... if you guys didn't know, he's six five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not like not like hinge six five. Like I'm really I'm I'm really I'm really him. But um, <laughs> I think that I have a lot of self awareness, and I'm learning to harness that a lot better now. But I've always had it. I just didn't understand it. I didn't know how to, not necessarily manipulate it, but I just didn't know how to control it. Right. So for me, when it comes to networking, it's not even really like intentional. I truly just, like I said, I look, I listen, and I, I observe. I take notice of the small things. I, I notice, uh, I notice body movements and just like body language and things that you know, like nonverbal cues, exactly mm-hmm. all the things mm-hmm. that people don't. People don't know that they're exhibiting, yeah. but if you are just someone who's naturally aware, you recognize those things and yeah. then you can tap back into it and then you can start to kind of like create rapport with people. And it's, yeah. again, it's nothing rooted in like, what can I do? It's just like, I want to care about this person. What mm-hmm. is it that they care about? How can I connect with them? And I think right. that is just genuine in its nature and that attracts the right people because yeah. I there's no like ill intentions in what I do or how I connect with people or any of those things. Like I, I've never been someone to operate maliciously on like, what can you do for me so that I can get ahead? Mm-hmm. I don't want anything that isn't Well, you're mine. the exception in LA then. And it's unfortunate that that's, you're not the first person to say that. Like, and that's an unfortunate truth, but I like the fact that I now have a platform and I have a community of people that are supporting me and allowing me to highlight those, those things about myself that I love about myself. Mm -hmm. Cause I've been in spaces before where those things wanted to shine so brightly, but it was just like people were throwing a blanket over the light cause it was, it was too abrasive for them. So mm. now that I get to be my own boss, creative director, director, producer, I'm doing everything from ideation to putting it out into the world. Mm. Uh, I get to see the direct, not only, I get to see a couple of things. I get to see what's working and what's not working. Mm-hmm. I get a direct line of communication with the people that are supporting me. And they're not supporting me because I'm a part of something bigger. 
they're supporting me because they appreciate me and what I have to provide and bring to the table, which then allows me to shine my light even brighter. So I got, I've gotten to a, a place now where I really feel like allowing myself to be vulnerable and express these emotions that men that look like me typically don't express, at least not publicly. Mm-hmm. Now that I have the platform to do that and I can highlight it and showcase it and be like, yo, this is what it is. I'm not, I'm not good this, this week or today was whatever, or, yo, I'm mm-hmm. up right now. We win and I'm doing like, but mm-hmm. being able to just like do that and give that energy and then receive the, the necessary energy back without even having to ask, I'm just putting it out there. Cause mm-hmm. I get to then edit and rewatch it back. And it's almost like therapy for me. So mm-hmm. I say all that to say in a roundabout way, it's, it's unfortunate to hear that most people don't operate that way, but mm-hmm. I like that people are starting to wake up. And I hate the term like, oh, I'm so woke. But like people are starting <laughs> to wake up to the fact that that is just, that's not a great way to live. Like, that's why not- are we, you know what I mean? Like what we're, people are starting to see like, okay, I don't, to- I don't want to tolerate this or I don't, I don't align with these things. I want to consume more content that makes me feel good. Or I want to be a part of communities that spread love and uplift. Instead yeah. of just like going on these these blog sites that just tear down people and communities and families and mm-hmm. even if they're not intentionally tearing things down, it's just the stuff that they're putting out into the world isn't necessarily the most positive and uplifting. Mm-hmm. And that shit affects you. Like what you consume, whether it be food, media, whatever, whatever you're consuming is going to affect your internal like makeup. And yeah. There's a lot of stuff right now that's making people anxious and I don't know. I just feel like we're consuming a lot of the wrong things. So I want to do what I can, at least in my little bubble, to put things out there that that spread love and make people happy and shine light and and do things that at least take away from the pain that people might be feeling for. So you're long creating the content that you want to see, that you want to consume. Literally, that right? that is one thousand percent what I started doing when I got into content creation by myself, mm-hmm. stepping mm-hmm. out from being under bigger entities was I just started looking at the space that I wanted to be in to see what people were doing, how mm-hmm. I could do it better and what I could do to create a, a name for myself that would then attach people's thoughts to me. So we'll create an association of that, that create, niche, there that we go. Of, there we right. go. Boom. Okay. Okay. So, exactly. so, so I've always, I've always looked at content creation from before even, Content creation was a thing. I've always looked at it from a place of like, it's a psychology thing. You got to learn how to tap into the psychology of the consumer. I'm a content creator, not a content consumer. But in order to do that, you have to understand how consumers consume content. That's true. I mean, that's true in terms of just like the behavioral psychology behind content creation behind, you know, I come from the world Mm -hmm. of digital advertising and marketing. And it's like, that is so much behavioral psychology and like what prompts people to do what they do, the decisions they make, the people they follow, Mm -hmm. the content they consume. But I mean, it's little things too. It's even like the colors that you use in the videos and the, mm. the way that you edit. Like, I remember, I don't remember where I saw it. I'm sure it's probably on TikTok because that's where we get all the information nowadays. Evidently. But I, I saw know. something. I'm, I'm a geriatric millennial. I don't know about TikTok. <laughs> oh, you're one of those. Damn. Okay. So you don't even know about my life. That's crazy. No, no, no. Um, I mean, I do from Instagram. Well, what was that like thing? Like, I, ex- I basically watched things on Instagram two weeks later. They were popular on TikTok. Uh-huh. I butchered it. You know what, what funny thing I'm talking right, about, right? But what yeah, I'm yeah. saying, yeah, exactly. You like just proved my point, though. You just proved my point, though, because you <laughs> said I know what you, I know about your life because of Instagram. 
there's like, it's so funny because, so this is the first time I'm com- coming up with this, um, I guess in real life. I have a whole different life on TikTok. Like I'm a, you don't like the fact that this interview is happening and you haven't watched my TikToks is actually incredible because really? yeah. Yeah. Instagram is maybe I'll say like one sixteenth of what is going on in my social world right now. Right, so you don't like repost everything from TikTok onto Instagram. <laughs> Absolutely not. Definitely not. Absolutely not. Why is no. that? Is it just such a different audience? Is it like there's more growth opportunity yes. here? There's more awareness opportunity oh, 1, here? Like brand building? 1,000%. If you yeah. have a, a brand, a business, or you are a brand yourself, and you are not utilizing TikTok, mm-hmm. you are doing yourself and your brand a disservice. I will say that 1,000% of the about, time. Are you at all concerned about the developer owner of TikTok? <laughs> we don't have to go that way, but like the fact that it's, I don't no. give a damn. TikTok is a vehicle. I'm not, TikTok is not my end all be all. This shit is working right now. So I'm going to use this shit until Ride the gas the goes out. Exactly. exactly. And then I'm going to hop out that bitch. And then whatever's next, if it's a skateboard, TikTok it's a bicycle. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. You do what you do. I'm, I'm going to make my bread over here real quick while this shit is working, while it's still red mm-hmm. hot. And mm-hmm. then when people ain't messing with it no more, I'm out. Just like Instagram. Inst- yeah. Nobody's fucking with Instagram no more. Instagram. Ouch. Instagram has become, I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck. Instagram right. has become to Gen Z what Facebook has become to millennials. We oh. don't fuck with Facebook because Facebook is like Gen X, like our, our generation above us and like right. elder millennials, which we technically fall into. <laughs> and then Instagram is like millennial elder Gen Z a little bit, but like low key Instagram has been trashed since they got rid of uh, chronological feeds. So like nobody oh, yeah. has really banged with it. Too. And every time they change something, they change it for the worst. It's like, why are you giving us all these features that we haven't asked for when literally all we want to do is be able to see our friends post again. So everybody mm-hmm. jumps ship. Now, when you get to TikTok, TikTok is different because it's a discovery app. So the, the way people use and consume content on TikTok is by the for you page. If you mm. want to equate it, it's essentially the same thing as what the popular page used to be on Instagram. Okay. So that's how you're going and you're finding all these new people and you're finding creators and videos. Mm-hmm. And then the algorithm is literally designed to keep you on the app. So it's going yeah. to, all right, this person spent this much time on this video. This video is pertaining to this category. Let's serve them another one and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. They skipped yeah. that one, but we know, okay, they used to watch, they used to watch uh, vlogs. Let's see if we can pull something. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's, when you tap the into machine. the contextual algorithm it's just like let's feed them more of the same type of content that they're already watching put a new influencer or account in front of them Mm -hmm. that matches what they already engage with and consume exactly so now it's like all right boom i if you think of it in the same way like i just put a video out a couple days ago talking about like your tiktok is a channel essentially and every video Mm -hmm. we put out our shows. And sometimes we have shows that have continuous, they do numbers. So anytime I put out a Trader Joe's video, I know mm-hmm. I'm banging easy hundred K views first day. Like that's something that I know. Wow. I, I just, it's dialed in. I don't have to think about it. Are you if also I know, an like, official brand partner of Trader Joe's or? Nah, me and Trader, we, me and Trader, we beefing right now. They, uh, <laughs> me, and Joe, me and Joe, we're not. They, they they don't see that's the thing too like you don't even know Chadaria's house is a whole thing you after this <laughs> after this interview you'll go you'll go sister, back to my, my tiktok works with, my sister works with the doj and i'm kind of like not allowed to uh, okay yeah, yeah. okay it's a thing right now if that ever changes then i might jump on the bandwagon if we're still allowed to have tiktok we'll see how it all goes down the house judiciary 
Understood. Understood. Well, yeah, to bring I you up to speed, uh, Instagram, <laughs> th- there's there's nothing about my life really on Instagram except photo dumps. Uh, TikTok, I have like 300,000 followers. I do a bunch of hauls and cleaning videos. And yeah, cleaning so videos. that's. Yeah, you are so out of the loop. This is great. <laughs> you know what? I'll bet a lot of viewers and listeners are out of the loop too. So why don't you inform us? They don't know. They don't know. Nah. So I tell basically, them. When I, tell if us. I, if I read shit, nah, I'm going to let you, you know what? I don't want to talk about myself. So I'm going to let you steer the I ship again. This is your show. <laughs> hey, I'm going to let you steer the questions. I, I, I I've, I, I've hosted podcasts before. This is, this is your turn. I want to be a guest. All I'm right. not, I'm not all driving right. this. No, okay. Well, you were, but then you caught yourself with your damn self-awareness, mm-hmm. but fine. But fine. Well, I, just ghost, to, I just had to let you cover. know that. No, no, no. I just had to let you know that I know what it's like to be a podcast host and mm-hmm. I know what the research entails. And sometimes you just got to go a little above and beyond. That's all. You know, I'm actually really glad that I didn't because you're like profound surprise that you're experiencing from the fact that I don't know about your TikTok alter mm. ego life. It seems refreshing yeah. to you. It is. It's great. <laughs> but it's also, I'm like, damn, I, it's, it's funny because I, I'm obviously, I enjoy podcasting and doing those things. Like I did it for five, five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking about wanting to get back into it in some capacity. I just don't know. The, I know the angle that I want to take. I just, I have to be strategic about the plays that I make. Cause I got a mm-hmm. lot of, I got a lot of moves in motion. Um, mm. but it's funny cause I, I just, this, you and I haven't spoken in a long, like face to face, like obviously in story replies and things like that. Minute, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and even this still isn't technically face to face. However, yeah. it's been a really long time, so it's fun to to catch up and kind of like give you shit, but then also know <laughs> like it's dope to have people that aren't that like you didn't want me to be on here just because you know my shit is like doing well over on that side. So that's actually really refreshing. So that's why I'm giving you shit right now. It's really Bro, dope. Do you remember um, how we met? Bumble, right? Tinder. Was it Tinder? I think it was Tinder. I'm pretty sure it was one of those dating apps. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to say it wasn't. I just, I don't know. What, it was what, at, when was that? Was that like 2017? I think it was like 2017. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 2017. We went to EPLP. Got shit-faced mm-hmm. on like a Thursday yep. work night. You. <laughs> I got shit-faced. Got shit-faced <laughs> on a work night. You put me in an Uber home, such a gentleman. Sure did. <laughs> And then I randomly see you at Soul Cycle on the damn Sunset Strip yep. like a week later. I was like, is that? Yeah. Those rooms are hella dark. I was like, is that? Is that? I mean, a big black mass walking into a dark <laughs> room is still kind of hard to miss. Uh, I suppose so. Especially at the West Hollywood Soul Cycle yeah. where it's a bunch of cute little, mostly white mm-hmm. girls. Sorry to generalize, but yeah, a little bit of sort no, but, of I mean, yeah. yeah. But it was also because we went to. Um, <laughs> My boy, shout out my boy Crispy. We went to Crispy's <laughs> hip hop Sunday class. That's right. And he, he, you know, Crispy is who he is. So he has, <laughs> he has his, uh, you know, he's got his fair share of ladies that like to come to his classes. Well, so. I mean, of course, like <laughs> he's got the million dollar smile. But honestly, I kind of like I loved his playlist, but the cadence <laughs> of his classes. That dude with the hyper speed yeah. shit, like that killed yeah. me. Like I'm here nah, he for know the resistance. I want the resistance, <laughs> the manic speed. I was just like, the damn hell. Like, are we what? Yeah. like, I honestly did not enjoy that, but his playlists are so good. And he's the one who got me hooked on right. Fox Union. 
Then I got into boxing mm, that's it's right. been five years and now I coach and I train and it's like, well, I owe that Let's to Chris. Go. Well, that's Hell Chris. Yeah. He's the one yeah, who's he, like, uh, hey. Now I was okay. gonna say he his his playlists are always my favorite, but you're right. His because his legs are like this big, yeah. so they just go real fast. Go. He doesn't have, he don't that have far to go. go. That, he ain't got that far to go. I'm like <laughs> my knees and stuff are way up here as I'm trying to go. So it's a whole it's a whole thing. But I <laughs> okay, usually but let, let's actually like dovetail this into the fact that you are a total gym rat now. You are in the gym like yeah. 24/7, 365, and this is why it's so funny to me that you say like, oh, you don't even know about my TikTok life like i barely post on instagram but you put so much damn content on there about like being in the gym and dog pound and i'm bringing all my trainers donuts to get them fat ha <laughs> ha like do post on there <laughs> so like how did well how did that get started how all of a sudden are you like a total gym addict uh i mean yeah that's so I, the way i look at social media is every platform should be used in the way that that platform was designed to be used so mm -hmm. for me i use instagram to share stories and like daily things that are going on because they decided that they wanted to steal that from snapchat when like what was it 2016 or some yep. shit so yep. everything stopped going from feed posts to stories so i was like mm -hmm. okay cool if I'm getting, you know, X amount of thousands of views on my stories and my hard posts are only doing so much because the algorithm is only putting it out to like 4% of the people that actually follow me, mm -hmm. I'm only going to really use Instagram for the monthly photo dump and story posts. Right. So for me, it was like, all right, I've always been very active. I grew up skateboarding. I found skateboarding when I was 12 years old. Before that, obviously played like the traditional sports to find out what you like as a kid and go through that whole thing. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just like I grew up moving my body all the time. Um, in 2016, I had a back, had a low back, um, seven millimeter herniation between L4 and L5. And that kind of like. I don't know like, what those it, are. Okay. So basically, in between your vertebrae, you have these discs. And sometimes if there's too much compression or trauma, the disc gets smashed and can cause it to rupture. And okay. then what happens is there's like, kind of like gel essentially on the inside that yeah. can leak out and then touch your nerve root. And then that's what causes nerve pain. So mm. for example, if it's in your low back and it's, it's on the right side, um, touching your nerve root, then that can cause sciatic pain down your, your right leg. Mm. And that's what I had. So essentially the way I would always try and describe it to people was imagine you took like a metal clothes hanger and you unraveled it and then you just put it in a fire and you pulled it out. It was red hot. And then you stuck it inside of your leg. That's what it feels like. That so, is that is very specific. Uh, thank you exactly. for painting that visual picture. Exactly. Now imagine waking up every day for like I'd rather not two years. Dylan. I'd rather not. Yeah. Well, that was my reality. So <laughs> pass. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. I, I I did that so you don't have to dealing with some back stuff. Um, but prior to that, I I had been in the like gym, but. Like apartment gym, little gyms here mm -hmm. and there, 24-hour fitness, but never really like going hard at it. Mm -hmm. um, but got my back situation you mean not figured out. Exorbitant boutique LA gym prices is what you mean. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who's spending that. I'm not. But uh, is Dog Pound not kind of a nicer boutique gym? <laughs> oh no, it's it's bougie as hell. Like I I literally <laughs> what was it? Uh, was it last week? I think it might be last week. Last week I was working out next to Spider Man. So it's like that type of Which yes, one? Tom Holland. 
You know what's hilarious about that? My old spot in the heart of Hollywood that was like a 400 square foot studio on Sycamore Hollywood, right by the Magic Castle. Mm-hmm. I would go to, I think it was like gold 24 hours, one of those big chain gyms. It was right on that corner. Yeah. And I would rem- remember seeing the Spider-Man who was the impersonator on Hollywood Boulevard. So that was my oh, wow. like really grainy, gritty <laughs> Central Hollywood <laughs> version of your upscale West Hollywood, the actual Spider-Man. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> it's kind of it's it's actually legitimately weird. Cause to me, it just makes sense. It's normal. But mm-hmm. when I tell people, I'm like, yeah, uh, Sydney Sweeney was in here the other day, like cracking jokes and shit. And to me, when I say it, it doesn't sound crazy. But when I think about how so other up. people receive it. So I'm so LA. LA. I'm so LA. Like it's it's stupid, but it doesn't feel weird to me. That's the crazy thing. Like I know all oh, this shit is just smoke and mirrors. Like every, we're all just humans. But back well, to the gym hold stuff. On, hold on, hold on, uh, hold on. One quick sidebar. Last I knew, you were in like Playa Vista. So anybody who knows LA, that is West Side. That is very, very West Side. Like pretty close to the ocean. Dog Pound is in West Hollywood. Are you trekking all that way like every day to go to the gym? That's a big deal in LA, guys. Since the week of January 23rd, Monday through Friday, I drive from the west side to to West Hollywood for an hour um, of weight training, and then I drive back to the west side. Why Dog Pound? There got to be closer boutique gyms. Why Dog Pound? Um, It's about the energy for me. It's more Mm. than just going and lifting weights. Um, Literally, today. I just hit a new PR on my bench press because we had a conversation that charged me up and I was like, okay, I can do this. Like it's, Mm -hmm. and that, but, but that conversation has been, it's been months in the making. Mm -hmm. So it's like all of these things, every time you work with a trainer, it's all personal trainer based. So every session is with a personal trainer. Oh. And when I tell you that's essentially like therapy. Yeah. It, it's physical and mental health like mm-hmm. truly and the way that i always see it is like i never want to just receive energy i always want to make sure it's an even exchange mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be in the same form but mm-hmm. i never want to give or take without it being an even exchange so i think mm-hmm. when i go there it's always an even exchange because they hold space for me to like allow myself to work on my body and the things that i needed to do to get to the frame that i am now because i had a lot mm-hmm. of things that i had to correct from past injuries and mm-hmm. also the way that my body had to sort of formulate itself to be a tall skateboarder like i wasn't mm-hmm. really designed for that so i almost had to kind of shrink myself down a bit in order right. to make that that work for me so yeah. in in doing all these things this past year it's not really it's been a whole body recomposition but it's been a structural recomposition because I hold space differently now. My body, it, my holding patterns are different. I have yeah. more, um, more awareness of my body and how to manipulate mm. it, but also how to not close it off. So mm. I think for me, Dog Pound became the thing because I remember when it opened, I want to say it was like 2019, just right before right. Um, pandemic mm. in LA. There's another one in New York. But I just remember seeing a bunch of like skateboarders and things going there. And it just, it always just looked so cool. It looked like a vibe. And then I looked, I think it was just like in the very beginning, I looked at the pricing and things like that. And the mindset that I was in at the time was like, oh shit, I'll never be able to afford that. And I just like, let it go. I didn't think anything of it. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to um, this time last year, it was like early October um, of 2022. I was at a friend's birthday party. 
randomly just like showed up late. People were already kind of having having fun and whatnot. So I just hopped on, hopped over at the the beer pong table. And one of the homies' cousins was in town, and we're like we just ended up chopping up whatever. We ended up teaming up for beer pong. Long story short, we go undefeated the whole night, so we're basically like best friends now. Of course, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and those step brothers, we're best friends now. Yeah, did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm telling you, but when I'm telling you like undefeated, I'm talking like eight games, like not, not like we just played Damn, one or two and bro. it was done. I'm talking like people like, like um, Paul Rodriguez, who is one of the most incredible skateboarders on the face of the planet yeah. was playing. And he came back twice to try and beat us because he was so <laughs> like, upset you? that, yes, that he, that we were just like on it. I don't know what just it was. It was just something in the universe. Of time that that would take eight That's what I'm games saying. of beer pong That's when you're standing there I'm for like saying. seven hours. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not getting, I'm not getting off this table till I lose or till everybody goes like, home. Really kicking right now. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so we become best friends. We shut the whole party down essentially. Like it literally stayed because I got there late anyway. So I stayed there till shit shut down. But the homie's cousin that I know was like, yo, he's been in the gym lately. Like, y'all got to bring him to Dog Pound with you. I was like, yo, that would actually be incredible. Like, And this dog was right after key. you were looking, or no, this was like one year after you were looking at the prices and you're like, eh, nah. So no, no, no. This was, this was last year when mm-hmm. I first found out about Dog Pound. This was pre-pandemic. So this was oh, a long okay. time ago where I was like, it was just starting when I'm talking like bare bones, Justin Bieber's in there throwing tennis balls around type shit. Like nothing <laughs> was in there yet. So, and I'm, I'm not even trying to be casually fun- too. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I'm not even trying to be funny. You can go look at the count and see, like, it's my but God. Anyway. Um, anyway. 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 Um, God damn. Oh, but at the end of the night, they were like, yo, you, got, you should bring Steve's dog pound with you. And I was like, yo, that would be incredible. So mm-hmm. we exchanged numbers and I hit him. This was on a Saturday. I hit him that Monday and I was like, yo, are you going to dog pound tonight by chance? Like, could I roll through? He was like, yo, let me hit him up and see. So he hit his point of contact. He was like, yeah, send an email, X, Y, and Z, telling me you're going to Benny's class, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So long story short, end up doing that, go there that night. And mm-hmm. the the trainer at night happens to be this guy by the name of Vinny Ponte, who is, if you know anything about New York skateboarding, he's like one of the founding fathers from like the 90s of just ill New York skateboarding. So for me, I was already like, okay, dope. I already know who this guy is. I know what he's about. We had connected for my time at the Barracks, which is this indoor private facility and media company that I used to work for back in the day. So mm-hmm. we already had a bit of a rapport. We get in there. We start hanging out a little bit more. I'm coming in as many times as I can without trying to over overdo it because I know, one, I know how expensive it is. And two, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't want them to feel like I'm doing too much, but I really want to come. So, you yeah. know, I'm just playing it safe, whatever. But I mentioned to Vinny, uh, I was like, bro. I'm kind of going through it right now. At the time, I knew my dog was on his way to the other uh-huh. side. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I was like, I really need to. And I know myself well enough to know that if I don't, if something, if there's about to be like a pivotal like moment, like a tower moment in my life, I need to lean into something positive because I know I'm going to dive in head first. And if mm. I lean into something that could be detrimental to my health, mm. I just know it's going to go. Just I'm going like, to be down know, a deep end. You have to choose a healthy coping mechanism. That's one of right. those like inflection points where you're like, I know that this exactly. is likely imminent soon. Yep. And it's almost like to supplement, to supplant, to like direct your energy somewhere that's mm-hmm. going to aid in your growth, right? 
because that's yeah, hard. Exactly. Like a lot of people want to yeah. turn to other things, alcohol, drugs, exactly. sex, right. whatever. 1000%. So I know I, I'm thankful in the fact that I know I don't have an addictive, um, like gene. I don't have mm-hmm. that, but I am a creature of habit. So mm-hmm. I can fall into routines or things that don't necessarily benefit me if I allow myself to like to dive in. So I was just like, yo, I don't know when it's coming. I just know it's happening. And I just want to be able to get in here as much as I can. Like, I, And at the time he was kind of going through some, some life things too. So it would be days where I would want to go, but he maybe would have to call out or things like that. So it just, it was kind of spotty. Mm-hmm. Um, but that first night was the, I just got that taste because the night crew kind of got a little bit, um, it, it was a little bit more lenient. Like we could kind of do what we wanted. We had more people mm-hmm. there. So to your point earlier, it was personal training, but it was group training at that time. Cause we just got mm-hmm. to have fun. Like it was okay. after hours, nobody's really there necessarily. Um, so yeah. I told Benny, I was like, yo man, I really want to come here as much as possible. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do but like I, I know you got a lot going on is if, if there's any way i can just get in here and like just make this my thing i would be so grateful mm-hmm. so a little bit of time passed by like no more than a week or so and after one of our sessions one night he was like yo i just want to let you know like i got you a cop membership you can come during the day i want you to meet all the trainers that are here during the daytime because i really feel wow. like you got something here and he was like you know we can kind of we can work on some things together but this is you know he's like i really want to i want to help That's- you out with that so that's incredible. Wow. Yeah. So that's how I got fortunate enough to start going to Dog Pound. And then I take things like that. I, I, I hold that close to my heart. So mm-hmm. every day I was in there, I was taking photos and I'm doing things to share, not in a way of being uh, like braggadocious, like, yo, I'm here or whatever, but it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I want to show yeah. as much love as I can and continue yeah. to also inspire other people and be like, Hey, I'm, diving headfirst into this like transformation of my life not necessarily just the physical aspect but mm-hmm. just overall what the way i look at things is how you do one thing is how you do everything mm, so if you I have agree. the discipline mm-hmm. if you have the discipline to wake up monday through friday to go and drive i think it's i know how long it takes i don't remember exact distance i want to say it's maybe 20 miles mm. um and that's one way uh, it might be a little shorter than that. I'm not 100% positive, but it's usually it takes me anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour to get there every single day. Then I have to walk through the door, strip everything away as far as like what I'm thinking about, what I'm dealing with, just any other life situations so that I can empty the tank and give everything that I have and leave it all on the floor at the gym. Because I say mm-hmm. I do not drive that far every day to half-ass a workout. Mm-hmm. So if I if I have a full tank, then we're going hard that day. If I'm at mm-hmm. half, all right, you know, we got to do what we got to do. If I'm just running on fumes, like, you know, it might be a mobility day. We just got to yeah. do some mobility movements and some accessory work and mm-hmm. keep it moving. Yeah. But it's all about just giving everything I have and leaving it on the floor. And for me, dog pound is the space that I can do that in. Mm-hmm. There's something about the energy in that place, the the trainers that have come in and come out and just the revolving door of people, the clients, the the quote unquote celebrities that I've, you know, developed relationships with. It's, it's all of that. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's rooted in a place of love community and just like self-improvement because when people walk in there, they're there to better themselves. It's not, Mm -hmm. I'm a celebrity and I want to show off that I'm better than it. It's like, no, you struggle just like I struggle and I'm going to encourage you just the same way that you would encourage me. So for me, it removes the veil of what, everybody looks to LA to be 
Mm-hmm. And then you walk into that place and you're yeah. like, okay, I know who you are, but like, you're still smiling at me and you're still, you're sweating and like, oh, damn. Like, you're thought, an actual damn, human. Thought, oh my God. That's what I'm like, saying. Like, really, like for real, when you just you human. Can't bench you bench press like 300 pounds? Wait, like, oh yeah. Man, yeah. Like, we, we give these, these humans this super human, uh, just like presence in our mind. Yeah. And then, and that's why they say like, don't meet your heroes. Cause you know, yeah. you'll probably be disappointed when mm-hmm. you find out like this is, this motherfucker is just some dude from Ohio who happened yeah. to find the blueprint and, you know, figured it out for himself. It's like, like good that's, that, though, right? It's like, it's good right. to see celebrities as humans and be like, they are not superhuman, which almost makes it seem like, okay, this is attainable. Like this, whatever I'm going for, like exactly. they've done it. I see them in their human element, quote unquote. And that yep. kind of gives me that hope. Right. Exactly. I look at it from the space of, because I've had conversations with these people and I'm not going to say names, but like, and it's not just at dog pound. It's just, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of really incredible experiences in my life. And I think that's just due to, again, my nature of networking, just being a, a, a good human. Um, but I think what happens in this, the first time that I, I'll say this name, because this is someone that like I, the friendship I actually cherish because I'm super grateful. The first person that I was ever, um, I guess the first celebrity that I ever encountered that, that reminded me of how much human nature is just a beautiful thing was Lil Wayne. Mm. So the first time that I ever met Wayne, we, it was in Kansas City. Um, and this was the first, this was the, I want to say it was the I Am Music Tour. And this was the tour where he was just like falling in love with skateboarding. So every city that he stopped oh, at, yeah. he had people that were finding like skate parks or private facilities that he'd go to. Cause when I tell you like Wayne loved to skate, he would, the, the night that we skated, he, we were at, it was the, it's called the Sprint Center. I think it's like the T-Mobile Center now in Kansas City, but it's, uh, it's a, an arena uh-huh. sold out. We, we were there at the show. And then, so you get to see someone literally command the attention of tens of thousands of people in real time. Like you get to watch somebody on a stage where literally every eye in that building is on them Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. harness that power and just like put on a show Mm. and then show ends. We waited. He honestly, I want to say the show ended at like, we'll say 11. He probably didn't show up to the park until like three, three 30 in the morning. Yeah. Wayne's a vampire. We just skating, just waiting, waiting for him to get there. So this happens. And it was the first time that I'd ever really gotten to see, cause I, in Kansas city, like we had people that were like local celebrities, like we had tech nine, but okay. even though tech is an international star, like his home is literally like a stone's throw away from where I grew up. So it's like, to, to me, it's still, you know, like that's tech. He's Casey legend, local. but yeah, yeah, yeah. local. Right. So like mm-hmm. Wayne is a whole, like to put it into perspective, mm-hmm. when tech nine had a verse on, I think it was Carter four when Wayne was in jail, he had a verse on one of his, mm-hmm. one of his songs. Like yeah. we went ape shit. Cause we were like, Oh, Casey <laughs> made it. Even though tech was already like global, it was one of those things. So, <laughs> yeah. so I put it, well, I give like, you that. <laughs> yeah, I give you that to put it in a perspective. Right. So <laughs> to me, to, to see Wayne do that on the stage, then a few hours later, 
see him come to the skate park and literally look at everything with childlike wonder was the coolest shit. Cause I was just like, you are just a human. Yeah. Like, even yes. though like your whole thing is I am not a human being and all this stuff, like at the end of like, the yeah, day, literally a lyric we are all like, no, but I'm saying like at the I end of the Martian. day, we are all just the same. When I'm like doing tricks and getting props from Wayne, because I can technically do something better than somebody that I had idolized, like mm-hmm. that blew my feeble little mind at the time. So then fast forward, this was, so that was 2010, I think. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to 2014-ish. Mm-hmm. 2013, 2014, whatever. We are in Tampa, Florida at a skateboard contest, Tampa Pro, which is one of the, within that bubble of skateboarding, it's one of the like most well-known and not necessarily prestigious as far as prize purse, but prestigious mm-hmm. as far as recognition goes within skateboarding. Okay. Yeah. So we were at Tampa. I'm outside just like talking, chopping it up, doing as I do. Cause at that time in that space, I kind of. I mean, boom, I developed a little bit of a name for myself in that space at that time. So people, you know, want to converse and whatnot. And I remember, I remember clear as day, I was standing outside, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, Andrew Cannon, and my back was turned to basically like the inside where the contest goes. So people, if they're coming outside, they have to walk from behind me. I don't know what's happening. So I'm in conversation, whatever, not like not paying attention. And I get like a, a tap on my arm, but not like a, not like a tap. It was more yeah. of a like a "What's up, my boy?" type situation. I was like, what uh. the fuck? I look over and it's Lil Wayne, and he had. Now, when I tell you this, the the way that you have to move in these things, like even as a regular civilian, like you got to kind of maneuver through shit to get. Even if you want to go straight, you kind of got to like venture off and mm-hmm. do things. Now mm-hmm. imagine you are someone of his caliber who had, he didn't really have an entourage, but he had like a lot of security and shit. I was going to say, shit. he had bodyguards and stuff. What? Yes. So imagine like Moses parting the Red Sea, going through people just to come over to you out of the way to say hello because they saw the back of your head and recognized and wanted to make sure that you- And y'all had like, met once at this point? We had met, I think- I think at this point, no, at this point, I was already in the, oh shit, now this is going to sound crazy. I was in the, <laughs> just say the celebration music video. Um, and uh-huh, in Wayne's okay. part, I dap him up. So we had already, again, we had already had a rapport yeah. because of skateboarding, but the fact that he went out of his way yeah. to come over, say hello, yeah. acknowledge my presence, and then mm-hmm. continue on, like, as that's amazing. Lil Wayne, like that, that's what, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, when, yeah. I, when I bring it back Stumble all the way down, fuck. Yeah. It's all smoke and mirrors. We're all like, at the end of the day, he is Dwayne Carter, just like I'm Dwayne McMurray. But Lil Wayne oh, is what the world damn. gets, and Steezus is what. Parallel. But you know what I'm saying? He's a Libra, like so that we weigh it out on our scales, and it's it's all yeah. about the balance. Like there's, yeah. you have to be able to balance this whole like persona and lifestyle that you create for yourself. Right. But then you also have to be rooted in human nature and understand that like mm. we're all still human beings. We're all trying to figure this stuff out. It's really smoke and mirrors, and sometimes mm. people have figured out how to manipulate the smoke and mirrors enough to not get people to see what's going on behind it. And right. maybe that's for privacy reasons, which is kind of the, the way that I lean a little bit more. Mm. But sometimes it's because it's better for people not to know the real truth. And that's not always like, mm. it's not always going to be beneficial to the masses. However, I think sometimes people have to do that to create a certain divide between things and if it's not rooted in evil and it's not rooted in anything malicious, 
Mm-hmm. You got to do what you got to do sometimes. Thank you.